Okay, uh, welcome to another uh, Apex Vaulting podcast. Um, got a great uh, episode for you. We're doing another pole vault companion. First one went awesome. We did the 1997 uh, Men's World Championship. Today, we're going to do the 2015 Women's World Championship. Very, very interesting year. Um, you know, Izenbaeva is not competing and... Other than the 2012 Olympics in London, where she got bronze, she was basically winning every Olympic and world title to that point. So it's an interesting world championship where we get to see, um, you know, maybe a little bit of a changing of the guard. Like, who are going to be the new players in women's pole vault? Now, the video, if you're trying to watch along with the podcast that you're trying to find, uh, again, just go to U- uh, go to YouTube. It's Beijing 2015 Women's Pole Vault Final, and the video is 1 hour 43 minutes and 3 seconds long. So that's how you know it's the right one. I actually, on a, on one of the postings for this, I put a little thumbnail of what it looks like, what, what the thumbnail is on YouTube. Um, so when I tell you, and I'll do a countdown with Joe of when to start that YouTube video, um, you can follow along with us, watch the final, and get our commentary Um Love these episodes. Uh, can't wait um, to do it. So I hope you guys are enjoying them too, um, especially since we're cooped up in our houses. Um, we don't have Olympics this summer. So uh, trying to give you guys the best pole experience you can and watching some really great footage and getting some great commentary. All right. Uh, we got Joe Oliveri on the line. Um, we're going to start this uh, podcast or pole vault companion. Um, what, anything you want to say before we start the video? Because I think we can also provide lots of commentary um, as the video is going on because I, I think they go through those massive introductions because this is a little bit of a long uh, final. But is there anything you want to say before we hit play and get everybody queued up? Well, man, just happy to be here. Hope everybody's staying safe in the corona pandemic, and uh, hopefully we're providing a little bit of entertainment for uh, everyone listening. Awesome. Yeah, I I agree. And, like, I kind of let in, uh, you know, we don't have Olympics this summer. You know, we're not going to be going to, you know, many pole vault meets anytime soon. And so we're trying to give everybody a good experience of watching some great video that is on YouTube and we're providing some great commentary to bring everybody up to speed on what's going on. Um, so again, go on YouTube, go on the women's 2015 pole vault final. You want to pick the video that is one hour, 43 minutes, uh, long. Again, it says Beijing 2015 women's pole vault final. The channel is like some other language. It's like Ambrose Tikar. Once you have that video, you know, make sure you watch the commercial, whatever. And we're going to go. You have it up, Joe? You ready? I have it up. I'm ready to play. We're going to do three, two, one and hit play. So we're queued up. Everybody ready at home? Three, two, one, play. All right. Uh, Just make sure you mute the sound, which I'm doing right now. Okay. Um, Joe, you you did some wonderful background for us. Why why don't you give us some information? I mean, I I know they're showing the introductions, but they happen so quick. Why don't you tell us some things that stand out for you? I mean, again, this is the first world title without Izenbaeva um, since she started uh, taking over the scene. We have a young Sidorova there. Um, What are some things that stick out for you to kind of give us some background? Um, so, uh, the, the two big competitions, I think that led up to this were the 2012 Olympics, which are three years prior. You had 
Jen Schur went in gold with four meters seventy five. That's uh, it was fifteen seven, right? Um, uh, you said four se- four seventy five. Yeah, that's fifteen seven because four eighty is fifteen nine. Yeah, right. Uh, Yarsi Silver, uh, Yarsi Silva got uh, silver with also with four seventy five. That was a national Cuban record for her. Um, and then in that same Olympics, you had Yelena Isenbaeva, the queen. She jumped. She got bronze. She jumped four seventy. Um, and then the next competition after that was the previous world championships where you had Yelena coming back from, uh, that bronze medal, jumping 489, so right. 16 feet. Yeah. Um, that, and that was huge cause it was in Moscow, her home country, you know, and yeah. she kind of, you could tell she was ramping up for that cause she really wanted to prove to everybody that she was still the best. And so I'm now sure. without her there, you know, it's like okay, who are the players that are going to come through on this? You know, I mean, Jen Schur is still here, so she's yeah. still around. I mean, she's still jumping today, which is just amazing to think at her age and how long she's been jumping, and she's still one of the top players. But, you know, you, you start to see some new names. Like, you see Sandy Morris is here, who now is one of the best. You know, obviously we have a young Sidorova. Silva is there. Uh, Katarina Stefaniti, though, not here. What, what can you say yeah, about she, that? She didn't make it past qualifying. She jumped uh, 445, which is 147. Mm-hmm. Uh, she went into the competition with a indoor best of 477 and then a seasonal best of 465. Um, but unfortunately, she just didn't have it to make it to the finals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's it's just interesting also even using Katarina or Sidorova as an example of how long it takes for people to really come through um, and develop a, a, their careers. Boom. Wow. By Sandy. Huge bar, jump. So 14-3. Yeah, that's Easy. a huge jump. It's like, that looked like, why did she even open on that? Because um, right. it wasn't even like super, super technical. Like you can tell a pole's small. She leans back a little bit. But it's just such an easy bar for her. Now, yeah, that- this, this is... Correct me if I'm wrong, or maybe I am wrong. I don't, I don't remember. Where's Demi Payne in all this? Because her, Sandy, and Demi Payne had this big rivalry in college. Uh, what year was that? And what year was that? 2015 as well, or no? That was 2016, right? That was 2016. That was the following year, because I believe it was really the following year where both Demi Payne and Sandy Morris really took off and just started killing. Okay. They were very dominant, especially in the U.S. Mm. Um, Demi, Demi Payne actually, she only jumped 14 feet in the qualifying round. She had a, she went into this with a seasonal best of 471, so that's 15.5 and some change. Okay. Um, but unfortunately, you know, she hadn't kind of hit that big. She hadn't hit that big uh, improvement that she hit yeah. the following year. Ooh, she got hit. Yeah, I always feel like Angelica kind of runs into it a little bit and just cranks back. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, to, to continue with the Demi Payne thing, I mean, now, you know, maybe some people know, some people don't. Again, huge rivalry between Demi and Sandy. They were exchanging, you know, collegiate NCAA records left and right. And, you know, one wins an indoor title, one wins an outdoor title. Um, but mm-hmm. what, uh, what happens? She all of a sudden disappears from the scene. And what do we find all these years later? Yeah, so I think it was in 2018, it was determined that she had uh, tested positive for drosdonolone, which is a, uh, well, it's actually for, I think, breast cancer, unfortunately, as hor- horrible as that sounds, uh, but can be used as a performance-enhancing drug. Uh, mm-hmm. So I believe it came out in 2018 that she had tested positive in 2016 uh, and was issued a four-year ban. 
yeah. um, which I believe is through this year. Whether or not they'll extend it another year, because now there's no competition this year, I doubt. Um, yeah. But unfortunately, you kind of have Demi. You know, she had a she. I think she cleared 16 feet. I think at least twice. Right. And now I think, unfortunately, that that record is kind of tarnished for forever. Yeah. Well, and and it'll be very interesting with a lot of rulings. You know, wow. That's. I just feel like that was a huge blow through for the Chinese vaulter. Yes, that's Ling Li of China. Uh, she went into this with a personal best of uh, 466, which ironically was achieved in Wuhan earlier that year. Oh, wow. Um, she's a, I, don't, I, don't, I, I hate to say a, a big girl. She's fun, and she's not big. She's very slender, but I mean, she's 4'11". So she's... Uh, I, I mean, 5'11". 5'11", sorry. 5'11". Yeah, 4'11 is not very tall. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, we have so we do have some short girls in this competition. Actually, I think Martina Strutz is only like five two, five okay. three maybe. But 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 go, uh, go, going back to what, what we were saying, you know, I just think this year with everything, I, I wonder what they're going to do with the Russian vaulters too, or the Russian athletes. Okay, will they be allowed to compete in the Olympics? Because it was looking like they weren't going to be allowed this summer. You know, are they going to extend that ban? You know, for the Russians. Right. You know, so who, who knows what happens? There's and an additional, there's an additional four year ban. Uh, with the Russian athletes, and I believe they're also not allowed to compete as uh, neutral athletes. Right. Um, I think it's a four-year ban. I'm not sure when that ban started. I think that ban was official 2018, uh, maybe. Oh, okay. Um, but so even if the Olympics are looking like they'll be in 2021, I unfortunately don't think like Sidorova. I don't. I don't believe will be able to compete. <clears throat> Holly Bleasdale. I, I always feel like her, her bottom arm is a little bit low at takeoff, which causes her a little bit to get jammed. You know what I mean? Well, I also think she's, I think she's gripping but, maybe the highest in this competition, maybe second only to probably Jen Sure, who we'll yeah. see later in the competition. Well, I, I, I just, I, listen, I think Holly is just an amazing athlete. I mean, she's just so strong, so, so fast, you, you know, and... Man, it's just I, – I remember when she jumped that 15-11 bar at the age of like 18 or 19. I mean that yeah. was such a smooth jump. It's just – you know, I, I feel like she doesn't always hit that smooth jump. But when she does, amazing. Yeah, unfortunately I – mean, she's capable of those big bars. Like you said, she jumped – Oh, there was a shot of Rick. There was a shot of Rick. Yeah, yeah you'll Sorry. see him. You'll see a lot of him. <laughs> um, but uh, unfortunately, she's not, not super consistent. And whether or not that is something with her grip – because she does kind of come off as like kind of a grip it and rip it type bolter. Um, I think it's something she's cleaned up a lot in recent years. But, uh, yeah, that's uh, that that's not a good one. You, you don't want to start no. the competition like that. No, that's Michaela Mir. I'm sorry if I mispronounced that. Uh, she actually has a uh, personal best and seasonal best of 4 meters 55, which I believe she accomplished or at least tied in the qualifying round of this competition. But okay. she was, was enough to make, get her to the final, so that's pretty yeah. cool. Um. Oh, wow. So she's still got time on the clock. You know, this is something high school yeah. kids are not used to getting. Yeah, but unfortunately, we don't get to see that. We're jumping yeah. ahead now to Martina Strutz of yeah. Germany. Yeah. Um, she actually got second I, at I the think championships. The, I think uh, top two most intimidating coaches have Oof. to be Rick Schur and the German coach. Because a- anytime they put the German <laughs> coach on there, I'm like, whoa, I'm not going to mess with that guy. He yells a lot. We're getting a lot of bounce. This video is bouncing back around a little bit, but. Yeah. Um, I, I think just going back to Martina Strutz, I think she is one of the, it's like, again, she's only five, two, five, three, super smooth jump, super powerful. Um, I, I love watching her well, jump. And she always looks super strong. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I don't know what her jacked. lifting program is, but man, she is jacked up all the time. Oh, yeah. You know? 
Um, the, to go back, uh, kind of like, you know, wa- watching these jumps and, and watching things kind of unfold, you know, we had Angelica, uh, Bet Bennington Benningson. I don't know how to say her name. Bennington. Yeah, yeah. Her Sidorova, and now I'm forgetting a name. But you know, it's interesting. And even with Holly Bleasdale, you know, starting out so so high level at a young age. The thing is, figuring out this event, figuring out training, figuring out travel, figuring out the whole meat system. This is something that takes a long time. Like, like again, you know. Katarina Stefaniti is not at this meet, but then she kind of takes over the scene for the next few years. And, you know, I think it takes some time for people to get into their own and figure out this event. I mean, there's, there's so many things that a professional vaulter has to learn to deal with. And it's not all just having a smooth jump or, you know, uh, just jumping. And there's so much more involved. Wow. Right. For Katarina, it kind of seemed like she didn't really hit her stride until after college. Maybe right. Right at the end of her senior year. Yeah, um, and although unfortunately she didn't make the final here, um, it should be noted that moving forward she jumped four eighty five or better. Silva is just I, I think Silva all time is one of the best on the pole. Like sh- her swing oh, and push off is amazing. Super efficient, very quick up the pole, and she only I think when she jumps sixteen, she's only she's only gripping like fourteen feet. Super efficient. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it takes time and I, I had Katarina on the podcast. So anybody who's listening right now, if you go back through all the podcasts that I've posted, Katarina has been on the podcast and she discussed the transition of, you know, training in the Greek system, then jumping at Stanford, you know, and then, you know, finally, you know, she, her husband coaches her now and they have a, she has a very consistent coaching situation with him. And I think yeah. that has like set things up. So I think people who have consistent training situations, that's where it's most beneficial. But sometimes you see in early years, you know, someone switches coaches a lot and they're trying to figure out the right environment. Um, you know, someone like Sandy Morris, I think even when she first went to college, you know, she, she went to UNC Chapel Hill first, then ended up in Arkansas and now still continues to train, you know, with, with, uh, Brian Compton of Arkansas, which has been a very consistent training situation for her. Um, whereas you see some of these other athletes, they're bouncing around and look, I, I think it's very tough. If you're 18, 19 years old, male or female, and you're jumping super high and you have to now figure out not just how to be a professional pole vaulter, but how about dealing with being an adult? You know what I mean? You're not a kid anymore and you're going through that process. So, so many things are happening when, when sometimes these young phenoms are jumping that they have to figure out. Um, what'd you think of that jump? I still try not to be an adult (laughs) now. What did you think of that jump? I think she's a little tight on that one. Now we can just take a quick minute. To talk about uh, Lisa Riza, I yeah. think is how you pronounce it. She's yeah. from Germany. She's going into this competition with a indoor best of 472 and a, and a seasonal best of 470, 15.5. I've seen this athlete boom some pretty big bars. Yeah. And unfortunately, she always seemed like when the pressure was on, when he got up those higher bars, she's mentally kind of was her own worst enemy, unfortunately. And yeah. I think it was, she's an athlete that I think we just never saw her true potential. Um, now we got Fabiana Mira here, Brazilian uh, killer. She, she ran this competition, I think, for many years. Well, uh, I, yeah, and I mean, she, you know, a lot of Petrov influence with Fabiana. Um, yeah. But, you know, what's interesting. I just, I always felt Fabiana's very blocky. Her swing is, is, is a little bit slow. We 
can discuss that later because um, she does some things with the bottom one that I think are almost, I think, not quite blocky is not the word I would use, but it definitely is extended. And I think there's some other things she's doing on the runway before takeoff that allows that to occur. Um, but I think there's a few slow-mo shots that we'll see soon yeah, yeah. Um, that we'll be able to discuss on that better. Here we go back to uh, Martina Strutz, super jacked as always. Yeah. Yeah, like, see, I mean, I just, smooth, you know, someone so like her, smooth. super smooth, it's like if Fabiana had that kind of jump, you know what I mean? And and what I what I tend to notice, too, with someone like Martina Struens, that bottom hand is just a, maybe a little bit higher at takeoff, allowing her to really jump up and swing through, you know? Right. Here's third a young Sidorova. By and, the way, third, third and final attempt at 450. It's just <laughs> amazing to think this is her... At this point of her career, and now the way she's jumping, like I posted on the the real Apex Vaulting Instagram the other day, she posted her like 492 jump or something like that from earlier in the year, and oh my goodness, like just rock solid, the run, the carry, the takeoff, the swing. I mean, talk about a complete jump Fr- from first step to the very end. I mean, I, I just love her jump, and to be honest, I I don't remember even watching her jump back then, you know. No, I didn't really notice her much until I think she put up like a 480 jump. And then I think a, a, a short week, maybe a couple weeks later, she put up a 490 jump that were pretty big. Ah, yeah. yeah she kind of missed just, takeoff there a little bit. I know. She, I just don't think she was there yet. And if you look at her right now, the way she's reacting, very emotional, very upset. Mm-hmm. She's not like that anymore. When she competes now, she is laser focused. Make miss doesn't matter. Poker face well, the whole time. You you and know I, what I you know what I think. Watching her, just her physique and her face, you could tell she's put on muscle. You know what I mean? Like yeah, she's definitely someone that that that's put in some training and, and put on some muscle, gotten a little bit stronger, a little bit faster. Because at the end of the day, I mean, even just watching her run down the runway, I thought the carry looked great, the run looked great. I mean, yeah, maybe she was a little bit out at takeoff or something and just dove into it. But at the end of the day, I mean, like. She's got the foundation from a technique standpoint. Wow. Yeah. Gosh, Sandy, Sandy is again, just... Another, another quick, easy make. Yeah. Um, I still think she just kind of cranks back on it. She hits takeoff and just leans back a bit. Yeah, uh, yeah. Rather than I agree. working the arms like, say, Sidorova does now. Yeah. Um, but still, super easy clear. She's, I think, one of the most athletic women to ever pull vault. 100%. Morris. 100%. Um, for sure. Me and her are actually best friends. A lot of people don't realize that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, super easy jump for her. So, yeah, and I think that's four fifty, fourteen nine at this point. So yeah, well, yeah. But but going back to to Sidorova, yeah, it's like you can tell she's she's not just improved her technique. I'm sure she has, but it's like the physical transformation because. The thing that I think sometimes vaulters forget is like sometimes like, yes, technique can always improve, but that's kind of dialed in. You need to get faster and stronger. And I think there's been through the history of the vault, there's been plenty of vaulters that have kind of been in that scenario. I mean, I I remember hearing about Jeff Hartwig, you know, hearing from Dr. Peter McGinnis that, you know, he needed to get faster. And so that's what Jeff did. And that's what ended up getting him, you know, to jump six meters, you know? And I think a lot of vaulters need to think about that. You know, it's like, how do I improve my overall strength and conditioning? How do I get faster and more explosive? You know? Right. I think with someone like Sidorova here, you're seeing that she definitely got stronger. She definitely, I think, emo- like emotionally developed to be a better competitor. Yeah. And then, of course, I think, you know, we can always make those little technical yeah. improvements. And I mean, we're, now the competition is starting to heat up because now we're at 15-1. Here's Silva. 
Man, super slow. And I, I even feel like there, her plant's not perfect. Her left hand's a little low at takeoff. She's getting hit a little bit, but man, she's just so, so good on the pole. Let's see here. Let's see the slow mo. I, I, I dig it. I think maybe, maybe a little tight, but I, I really love that jump. And you could tell yeah. she's, she's two, over two foot push on this, which I think is higher than any of the other girls currently in, the, currently in this competition. Yeah. That so is, yeah, she's just very efficient. Very efficient. Yeah. Alright, back to, back to Benningston. Benningston, I'm butchering that, but you know. She's another one. I mean, she, she was on the scene even as like a 16 year old. She, she had jumped yeah. 15 pretty early in her career. Wow. Yeah, she had a, she had a bunch of uh, youth championship uh, wins, I believe. Yeah. I mean, that was. And also, I think, I think she's technically gotten a lot better over the years, but yeah. I mean, that's a smooth jump. That's a, yeah. a two foot push. I, I almost feel like that looked a little bit small. Like they, they could probably go up a pole. That's something that talking to people who listen to the last podcast, I know we've talked about it, is like, imagine if we could know the poles, the grips, and what adjustments people were making. Right. That would wow. That up. stayed up. Yeah. That coach <laughs> didn't like that, though. He, even he's saying, I think you got hit. But, yeah. Um, I would love that. I would wish you could see the pole in every single jump, but unfortunately, I think um, that would be tough because you never know. You're making pole changes throughout the competition. Yeah. Well, I, I I just feel like obviously, like if you could actually uh, broadcast these with like a pole vault setup, where it's like you have someone down there asking the coaches and athletes, you know, what pole they're on, what grip they're on, what adjustments they're going to make. Um, it'd be it, it would be that much more interesting. You know what I mean? Because now we could kind of like okay, like. You know, they went up a pole. Let's see what happens, you know, because sometimes yeah. they get stood up. And how do we know? Like, even Sidorova's last attempt at the opening bar, like, maybe she went up a pole and it was too big. Who knows? Right. I don't know. That, that's you something know? that we do. I know you and I, we like to do at the, the Pole Ball Club Championship and uh, at your facility. We like to ask the coaches, what what are they doing? What changes are they making? What poles are they on? I think it, it makes things a little bit more interesting for the, for the audience. Yeah. Now, going back to Lisa uh, Rizza of Germany right now. The thing is, like, it, when we talk about Sidorova physically changing, because I, I, you could tell she, she's stronger looking now. Um, right. I just feel like Lisa Rizza, like, you never saw that. I mean, no. you know, it's like, I, I don't, I wonder, and being that she's from Germany where you have Martina Struntz, who looks so jacked, it's like. Hey, look at her right now. Look at the, look at, she's like, this is basically a tick. This is one step away from uh, being a tick. We don't even get to see the jump, but. Uh, here's Holly Bleasdale. Yeah. <sighs> She hits it, but but it's it's weird because the pole looked soft, but then she goes right. It's almost one of those where I almost feel like you know maybe if you grip down, go up a pole. Yeah, you know. Oh, def- I definitely think on a jump like that, I think it's just a little bit too much grip, and I think it slows down the jump, and because that she's not penetrating, and because I, I thought the takeoff looked really nice. Yeah. I, 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 I wonder how many. Um, professional athletes to get caught in that situation do they ever make that adjustment the down a grip up a pole because i feel like that's something that that oftentimes no. really really works you know i think i think occasionally it happens but i think for the most part there's too much ego involved oh that's so smooth <laughs> yeah that was that was a good jump but i mean watching it it's like oh not a lot of room there i don't know what they're gonna no, do the next i mean one. she's kind of this is this is 460 or 470 now she's kind of no, we're I still at 460 460 she's getting i would say almost tapped out more. you know like she's yeah. She's really pushing. Yeah. Um, this is the interesting thing, too, because you watch that, that replay right there, and you're like, well, she has lots of hip height, but you have to remember, your legs have to clear it on the front <laughs> side, and your right. chest has to clear it on the back side. So sometimes even, like, looking at hip height, you're like, oh, that person get the next bar, but not really. Um, uh, here here's Ka- Nicoletta Kirikapulu. Kira Kira um, <sighs> oh, my goodness. 
Who she she ran into she's that. going into this with a PB of 43, which she jumped earlier this year. And she's actually an athlete that I always remember seeing around because she's always been, like, jacked. Like, she's always been yeah, very muscular. Yeah, super fit. Super and I, fit. I really think that she's kind of always been on the cusp of being, like, well, you know, a real prominent pole vaulter. Well, at this um, point, at this point, she is actually the Greek record holder before Katarina takes over. You know? Right. And so it, it was like she was all like you said right there, and then Katarina passes her by. You know, right? And, and actually, this year, in t- so in 2015, she actually was the Diamond League overall winner, um, Kira Capullo. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think this was kind of her breakout year. Um, she jumped 43, which I believe was a national record for Greece. I um, th- this is just too much. This yeah, is just too I, much. I know. Look at this. Is what I say when I. When I say I think she's a little mental, and I think she kind of loses it when she goes up to the bigger bars. Um, well, I, I, I just think of the story about uh, Bupka's only Olympic win, that he felt tailwind, and he went. You know what I mean? So it's like, right. you've got to go through that whole process. Like, you can't just go whenever you want. Right. Uh, it, it's just, it's too labored, that jump. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's she's not just hooking up with it. Ground, I think it's very slow. The swing is slow. The, the arm movement is slow. And unfortunately, because of that, she just, just kind of dies off the top. Yeah. Oof. You know what's very interesting, too? What, what I, I hope people are seeing. So here you have two German teammates. I assume they're trained in the same system, you know, the German system. And yet their jumps look different. Because I think different athletes have different strengths and weaknesses. And even though they're in the same system and they're being taught the same things, there will be variability, you know what I mean, depending on the athlete, you know. Um, because I think sometimes people watch and they're like, oh, well, why don't they look exactly the same? It's like, well, everybody has different strengths and weaknesses, you know. Right, right. Here we got Bradshaw coming up. Uh, I wish I knew what attempt this was. I think this is the second attempt at 4 Yeah, this is second. This is second. So we know she's capable of some big bars. But so now it's like I, it almost looks like the grip went up unless she went to a shorter pole. I don't, I don't know. I wonder. I mean, I think she was capping. She was pretty close <clears> to the top. She went right time. again, but big clear. I think this is a case where I think if she just went down two fingers grip, I think she'd, she'd be moving on the pole much better and be a lot smoother. But, I mean, you, I won't say it. I won't say it yet. Back to... Back to Lisa here, doing her little swirly swirl. Do you have Bronco? You've coached you've coached hundreds of athletes over the over the last ten fifteen years. Have you ever had any athletes any kind of pre pre run? Uh, I mean, like this? I think everybody has their way of picking up the pole and getting started. But like, I mean, I I've I've always kind of just in the beginning of someone's development, kind of nipped something like that in the bud. Wow, way yeah, big, clear, way when different. She puts jump. it together, man. She jumps big it's just i think mentally she just wasn't she wasn't capable of jumping on those pressures and that this is a jump where i think is like technically if you were to take freeze frames of this jump and see the takeoff and the swing and the you know the, the inverted j and all this i think it's a textbook jump but i think a few things i think mentally she wasn't really there to have enough chances at those big bars to really pr well, and then I, also i think i just don't think she was strong enough to really get to the next level well, I just I, – I feel like also if you have to go through some pre-jump ritual like she was, I mean 
you're, it almost like lowers your percentage of success. You know, you're 50, 50 on every jump because you don't feel comfortable enough to just pick up the pole and go, you know what I mean? You have to go through that. And so you're not always going to hit the takeoff, right? And that's the thing in the pole vault. You have to have that confidence that you're going to run down and hit the pole the same way. And that, that's even big when you make adjustments, right? Like when you go up a pole, half the battle sometimes in competitions like this is you need to run down the runway the same way and hit the pole the same way and just go up a pole. But oftentimes if, if you're someone like, like her and you got to go through this pre jump ritual, you already have doubts. And so like, are you going to run the same or are you going to change your run? And that, that's going to dramatically alter the jump. I think bars up to 470 now. And that's just not the same jump. I mean, like you said, just misses the takeoff. You know, and yeah. as a coach, there's nothing you can really do off of that. Like, what adjustment do you make? It's like, I mean, we don't know. But I, I've certainly been in scenarios where it's like, you didn't change grip. You didn't change pull. You didn't change step. You know, and I mean, unless like she just didn't warm up, which I would assume at the world level, they know how to warm up. You don't have to remind you those people. So. Yeah. So. It's like, so why did the jump change dramatically? Here's Fabiana. Wow. That jump didn't look, I think, quite as smooth as her last jump. No, but huge, huge boom over that bar. Yeah, I'll big, big clear. Fabiana, again, like you were kind of alluding to this earlier, she's one of those uh, women that she was always near the top of the game, but um, yeah. never really performed well at the Olympics. But no. she did have that one world championship title. Um but, you know, it's like she was always on the cusp, but just isn't by Ava and Jen sure were just just right. a little bit she better. Four, 480 or better I, a bunch of times. She had 45 when she won the world championships in 2011. Mm-hmm. But she just had really bad luck at the Olympics, unfortunately. Um, wow. I think that's a Yeah, jump. that's a really nice there. jump from Holly. Let's see if they show replay. Yeah, I mean, it's a little flat at takeoff, but I mean, I think she's strong enough that she kind of no, just I, works her way through. Yeah, it. I just, I, I really think when when she has a smooth jump, it's very smooth. It's it's a very nice jump. I love it. It's just yeah. again, it's a little bit inconsistent. She's not always hitting right. that kind of jump. In, in more recent years, I think she's become a little bit more consistent. No, I, yes, yeah. But uh, and it's definitely like when she has a good jump, when she's on, it's a nice jump. I like it a lot. All right, let's see if Martina Struns can squeeze out a few more inches here. Yeah, oh, you see, I, I mean, that's full speed. Love full speed there on that one. Yeah, I mean, I just, I also feel like that jump. I think that's basically the same jump she had at fifteen one, and just now it's fifteen five. And you see, it's it's going to be a lot closer. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. she's going to have to hit everything. Everything's going to have to be on the standards. Going to have to be in the right place. Like, she's going to have to move on the pole right, and she's going to have to squeeze this jump out. Right, and then, I mean, after seeing the replay, like I, I really, I wouldn't change anything, you know, her grip. Her I thought, I thought, move the standards in. Standard, exactly. Yeah, that's a, the only change I'd make. Kira Capullo, for for a while, the most jacked. I think actually, I would, I would still say probably the most jacked woman in pole vaulting ever. I, she's like shredded. It's yeah. ridiculous. Shred city all mm. day. She took a few years off, I think, after this, but we can do, we can discuss that later. Well, I, I think I think she was pregnant. She had a child. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. also tough. Oh, oh, we don't need to, to see that one. And here we go back to swirly swirls. I don't know why you just call it that. 
Just, I don't know. What, what would you call it? I don't know. She just keeps re-gripping. She just re-grips a million times. I'm willing to bet if she met with a, like a psychiatrist, they would refer to that as a tick. Yeah. <laughs> See, like, I, I think that jump had potential. I mean, like, I feel like if I was her coach, I'd be like, dude, you're getting into the pit without even swinging. What do you think happens if you swing on that? Right. You know? Because you're just going to be loading up the pole. It's going to move yeah. better. And she but, almost there is like, she's trying to rush the swing almost on that one. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, finish the takeoff, then swing, but go through the whole jump. Like, you're getting into the pit anyway. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I've definitely seen that look from athletes. <laughs> I know. I wanted to say that she, it looked like she said, it look, it feels soft, but then I realized she's speaking German, and yeah, I have yeah, no yeah. idea what she was saying. Yeah. See, I, I think, uh, you know, Martina Strunz is a good example of, like, a real professional. Like, she knows what she's doing. She comes down and gives the same jump almost every time. You oh, know, yeah, there's no doubt. The oh, that's right yeah. there. Yeah. I wonder what the standards were at. You know what I mean? Like. Right. I wish that's something that definitely can be displayed, right? Uh, yeah. I think, I think that's great. Goes up. Push, I think, you know, the standards maybe were an inch or so forward. That's a big clear. Again, no, I, I don't clear. know, but when you hear most professional vaulters talk, and, and listen, I get it. Like, they talk about their standards are usually at 70, 80, and I understand all that. But when you're trying to squeeze out the last bar, I, I mean, listen, if they let you move the standards up to a certain place, move them up. You know, you're not getting bonus points for for – you know, having the standards far back, you're trying to yeah. trying to clear a bar. Right. We just had a we just had a little <sighs> bit of a jump, and I think this Silva was actually, blows that was up. Was this a was this a Silva? I think was this a third attempt make? No, I mean I don't know because they didn't yeah. show us. But that I mean she blows up fifteen five. That's that's huge. So this is four seven. So that was a third attempt. That, that was is a yeah. Jump right there. Yeah. And that was a big clear. I mean, when the pressure's on, she's great. It, it, what's also interesting when something like that happens, like if you're one of the people that are going to be in the top three that day, you, you're watching Silva and you know she could win the meet. So you're almost watching it. Oh my God, she's on third attempt. She might miss this. But when she bombs it like that, you're like, shit, all right, we're going to have to keep fighting here. You know? Yeah. Do you have anything to add on Alana Boyd? Because she's an Australian pole vault, so I feel like was sort of on the way out as, you know, I was really coming into pole vaulting. Uh, I mean, all I would say is like she was, I mean, for a long time, oh, what a rough yeah. miss, you know, because that was there, you know. Um, I, I mean, I would say she was one. She was always Australia's top for a while, uh, yeah. but again, never really jumped high Broke enough out. to be at the top. Um, right. I mean, I just feel like she didn't hook up with that, but she still had the hip height. I mean, maybe yeah. if the standards are in, but it's like. She just didn't hit it right. And, and I think sometimes that's what it comes down to, right? Like maybe you're dropping the pole tip a little bit early and then you run yourself under. You know, these are sometimes the mistakes that happen because people have to remember as you're going through the competition, you're typically going up grip, moving your step back. You know, you're making these types of adjustments. And then all of a sudden, I, and I always tell people when you're planting, if you go off of rhythm, you, you might end up dropping the tip early and now you're kind of chasing that tip and you run into it instead of jumping up a takeoff and you have a, you end up with a jump like that. So you, right. you have to be careful. Yeah, I see it all the time. And, see all the time. and what was interesting is listening to Scott Kendrick, Sam Kendrick's dad talk last uh-huh. week on the UCS thing. Uh, it was uh, on YouTube Live and they did a Zoom conference. One of the things he talked about is like a lot of times just keeping the step the same and allowing Sam to just 
get into a groove. And I think that that is true. Like sometimes later in the competition, especially, you know, this is a 15-5 bar for someone like Alana Boyd, that would have been a big jump. You know, maybe it's like, even if you adjust the grip, just keep the step the same so they feel comfortable on the runway. Definitely. Definitely. I feel like that was makeable, but, you know, the swing wasn't there. First, it's a sl- it's too slow to pull, and unfortunately, she's done. Um, but I, I, it's something like you, I think you learn as a coach as you go along. Like when I was younger, I you know maybe coached high school kids and college kids. I was throwing so much like different little cues at, and that was terrible looking back. And, I was, and maybe God, it was, it, not even the cues, but it's like over adjusting. Exactly, over adjusting, competi- especially in the competition. I, even I, near the end of the season, and, you just got to make these small little adjustments. Those big changes that I think some people try to accomplish in competition. That's for preseason. Well, know? yeah, and, and again, remember, there's a difference. There's cues like telling someone to jump up or open up their stride or get your feet down or plant earlier. Those are cues. And then adjustments we're talking about is like moving the step, changing the grip, changing the pole, right? So when you're making some changes, you know, like we're saying, it's like some people are trying to make too many changes at the same time. And, and like you said, yes, early season, if you have a developing vaulter, they might go up several grips. They might go up several poles during a meet. But especially towards the end of the season when you're at a championship point of the season, you're, I mean, listen, you're not going to go up 20 pounds of pole, right. you know, in one meet, you know, unless, like you said, it's early season. Yeah, I just feel like this regripping game that she does is just, man, come on. Like, yeah. well, while this is happening, one last little tidbit on Alana Boyd. Uh, so she went into this competition with a PB of 476 from 2012, so three years prior. Wow. And she didn't do too well here, unfortunately. But the next, the following year, 2016, she would go on to jump 481 and then retire. Wow. So that's like 1510. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, yeah. I mean, I was there. And I've, like I said, I've seen her put, I think it was at, I think it was the 2012 Olympics or 2000, I don't think it was 16, I think it was 2012. She put like in the qualifying round, she put like a foot on, I think it was either 15-1 or something like, I think it was 15-1, 460. Yeah. And she just never, she just never kind of reached the pinnacle that I well, really believe she should have. I, I mean, one, I mean, she does look a little bit blocky once she's swinging. She's really holding that left arm out in front of her instead of yeah. hooking up. But yeah. that being said... That nervous tick she does before she goes. I've seen too many vaulters over the year that are constantly leaving so much height on the table because they have some kind of nervous tick. And yeah. this this is one of my tips for coaches out there. If you have an athlete that is stuck too much on routine, as coaches, we have to introduce as much variability in training as possible. You, you literally could change how many lefts the person is running from all the time. You could change the carry. It could be a low carry, a high carry, overhead carry, right? You could push the pole, right? Um, you, you could, uh, you know, do a takeoff, a swing or a full jump on every single left. And by introducing a lot of variability, what you're doing is you're building a more robust athlete who can handle change and adjustments. But when you allow an athlete to have a nervous tick like that, it makes it tough. Here's yeah, Martina Struz. That's, really that's a really good point. Boom. Uh, I think yeah. not, not quite as smooth as her previous jumps. I, but well, it looked I mean, a little bit out for her. She looked like she had to like stretch a little bit at the end and really dive into takeoff. But yeah, I mean, listen, she's someone that she's squeezing it out, you know? Yeah. But she looked good. She looked good. No, she looked really good. It's a jump, I always enjoyed watching her. I think she, she competed a lot of those street bolts. That's why I remember her mm-hmm. jumping a lot. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember what she... I mean, she had jumped 480 in okay. 2011, and I think she jumped that a few other times, um, but that was, I think, what, what she ended her career on. 
Yeah, course, and, I mean, and and that's her squeezing it out, you know. And yeah. and look, this is a big thing too, you know. As you go through people's personal best, like Alana Boyd, even that you brought up before, uh, you know, a lot of these people, if they had jumped those bars at this meet, they would have finished much higher. But it's like, can you do your PB, you know, or your PR when it counts? And right, and I think right. again, you know, I brought up Sam Kendricks before. Sam had a great article he wrote where it's like too many people try to do something special at a championship meet where it's like you should just stay in your lane, do what you normally do, and put yourself in a position to compete at the end of the meet. But right. it's like I think that's great advice. Yeah, I mean, from, yeah. From, from Mr. Consistent himself. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So now so now is this uh is this four eighty or are we have four seventy five? I just I missed think it. we're still at seventy. No, 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 no. We we're, jumped... we're done. They raised it. They raised it four. Is it first first attempts of four eighty now? Yeah. Okay. It might be four seventy five. No. Um, no, fight to four eighty. Okay. It doesn't go up to five center increments okay. until after this bar. Okay. All right. So we. Yeah. Got... So this. So this is a big bar. I mean, four eighty. I think you know. I, I almost this is why I feel like they should have went up five centimeters to four seventy five because it's right. it's a big jump fifteen five to fifteen nine. Um, I think this is going to be really make or break for some people. Right, especially here in twenty fifteen. I feel like this is before you kind of had excuse me that explosion of women athletes, female athletes just jumping you know sixteen right. and making you know I think kind of fifteen nine almost a regular regular yeah. thing. Um, but here we go. We got Sandy first attempt here four meters eighty. What an amazing run. Super powerful. Just kind of got hit, and I think yeah. that hit. I think. I mean, I, I'd like to see a replay. I don't know if they'll show, but I feel like that that hit right there is almost a result of running super hard and then just cranking back on. Let's see. Yeah, she almost didn't, didn't look like she cranked that hard. Yeah, but it's almost like she she kind of skipped takeoff on that. Like she went right to the swing. You right, know to the, I mean? right to her back. Yeah. You think? Yeah. yeah. But man, I, in, in talking about you were comparing Sidorova, how she is now, attitude-wise, before uh, to to now or prior in this world championship. I mean, Sandy, even at this young age, she's a competitor. Like, look at her; she wasn't yeah. phased by getting not swinging on that one. Um, you know, she she's a champ. And That's here's Silva sure. trying to get the crowd involved now. There we go. Because I think Silva knows, like, this is money time. Like, th- this is a big bar. Yeah, this is this is gonna be podium finishes. I always felt like she had a low carry. Well, yeah, definitely. I think she definitely. Oh, I think oh she really, no! And talk about that low carry. I think because of that, on certain jumps, I think it it's a little bit more forward than other jumps, and because of that, of course, caused her to run a little bit back. And yeah, she just uh, she doesn't run the same. She's not going to take off the same. It, it, and you she's know what? another athlete where she's she's short. She's I think five three, maybe five four, and yeah. she doesn't hit that takeoff right and jump up correctly. She's just not going to be able to make it work. Right. Well, and, and I also think, like, again, I think everybody jumping at this 15-9 bar at this point in the competition knows that this is a serious, serious bar. That it, it could yeah. really be make or break whether you medal. And I think they're getting amped up and trying to bring a little bit extra. And going back to something that I said earlier and talking about Martina Struens is can you be consistent and give the same jump every time? Oh, that's a good attempt. That looked like a blow through. What do you think? I thought the pole mushed. I don't know if I'd call it. Mm. Dude, I would go up. You got to go up five pounds on that. So she definitely Come on. has a lot of pole speed, but I also feel like that pole squashed a little bit. Yeah, so go up so five high. pounds. You got to go up five pounds. This is world championships, bro. 
All right, man. You got you got the you got. I almost said a word I shouldn't say, but you know you know your stuff better than I do. There's Jen Sure. It's yeah. the first first time we're seeing Jen Sure in this competition. Yeah. I mean, Jen is another one who talk about being jacked. Like she always looks super fit. Like she's yeah, definitely so, training like so a champ earlier, all the time. When I said that, I think Sandy's one of the most athletic women to ever compete in the pole vault. I think you right here you have the most athletic woman to ever compete in the pole vault yeah. is Jen Sure, hands down. Which I think is part of the reason why she can grip higher than every other woman. She's been able to compete for so long. She has such yeah. a, a very quick well, progression. Well, and talk about dedication. I mean, you know, her husband and coach Rick. You know, very intense guy. Um, yeah. Here, let's watch this jump. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, see, I, I feel like I feel like she dropped that tip a little early there too, and kind of leaned back on it. But what I was gonna say is, um, you know, for people that don't know, I mean, Jen is famous for these like five a.m., six a.m., middle of the winter like workouts where she'll wake yeah. up so early and just train in like below freezing temperatures. I mean, just look at her. Like, yeah. I, I mean, if, if this was a prize fight, it's like, oh, my God, she's winning. You know, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And, in and, the battle royale here, she is winning 10 times out of 10. Yeah. And and I think what people forget in the pole vault, if you don't have that competitive mindset, that that kind of kind of uh, almost rage, you know, and it's like that can really, really help push push you past what other people are doing. Like, again, going back to someone who might have a nervous tick and, you know, they're, they're, they've got some routine they have to go through and they're nervous when they jump. Whereas, like, Jen, sure, you know she's going to come down and attack it. I'm not saying she's going to clear every time. I'm not even saying she's not going to get stood up. But you know she's going to come down the runway and she's going to bring it. Yeah, I don't know if I've ever actually seen her run through, ever. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, definitely a good mindset there to be in. Uh, I just, she's a little, I think, I don't know if this is because of her or she has a tendency to take off a little under or because of her grip, but I just she's always a little bit slow up the pole, and that's why there's yeah. so much, I think, variability in how she jumps. Right. Yeah. There you go, Fabiana Mirror. She's coming. Did she... How did she do in the last... Uh, she actually wasn't at the last Worlds, but... But uh, she's got, I think, a lot here. This, this For her, I think she has some big jumps early on in her career, and I think now she's trying to claw her way back to the top, so to speak. Yeah. Well, um, well so she this, she this was year. one of the favorites in the Rio Brazil uh, Olympics. Right. Great I'm run. Sure. Great yeah. run. I like that plant better than her usual plant. Ugh. I think that is her usual plant. I I love her takeoff. I and mean, I've seen her do the same takeoff on a on a stiff pole. I mean, I just doing drills. I feel like in those earlier jumps in this competition, I feel like that left hand was a little bit lower, a little bit blocky. I just, like there, that looks a lot see, better. Like she hooks I, yeah. up with it much better there. Yeah, and I don't, I don't see that as a blocky jump, even though her bottom arms are no on extension. That, on that, I think, I think her, it's good. I think that yeah. just a lot of times she gets caught with that left hand a little bit low, like below the chin at takeoff, right. and it, that you're gonna be blocky. Like you know, for everybody listening and, and thinking about their own jump, if you come down and you plant too low with your bottom arm, it's like below chin at takeoff. You're gonna have to block before you swing up, you know, because you're going to have to kind of make sure that pole gets into the pit. Whereas if you plant a little bit higher, you're going to be able to jump and really swing on it and move the pole with the swing. Um, okay, so, so you're saying kind of relative to the bottom arm at, after the plant, when they say the bottom Like once you, right you're jumping off the ground, yeah. Right, okay. So you're saying if her left bottom hand is a little bit lower, she's much more likely to push into a Yeah, a- any athlete, any athlete. Right. Like you just, right. you have to at that point. 
Right. Okay, I understand what you're saying. On that particular jump, of course, as we are in agreement, she had her hand much higher. Yeah. Of that, I, much, I almost feel like on that jump, may, maybe even she can go up a grip, you know. Pole definitely moves really well, but we'll see. I mean, it's hard to t- I wish we could know for sure what adjustments she made. Holly looks forward, tough. But... Look at that game face. Yeah, she's ready. Boom. <sighs> Not a bad attempt. Almost no. looked a little out at takeoff. Uh, let's see. Let's see if they show that because I thought. Uh, I think. Yeah, we're not going to get a good angle for that. Tight. But man, I see. I'm telling you, I, I like the way she swings and moves on the pole. It looks it looks good. You know. No, she definitely does a lot of things well. Like I said, when she when she lines it up, when the takeoffs where she wants it to be, and the plant is how she wants it to be, she puts up a really nice, really nice, really nice jump, nice jump, jump. Here's Nicoletta right. Kirikapulu. Again, I, I'm pretty sure her – what's her lifetime best? 15.9, you said? Um, going into this competition, her lifetime best was uh, 4.83. Yeah, so a little over 15.9. So it's like, again, this is my whole point. It's like, you know, who is going to show up and bring it the day it matters? You know, and I, and I think as much as in the track world – see, I, I think the problem in the track world is we've gone away from playoffs and all this kind of stuff, and we, we have a mark system. But even in track, even without a playoff system, okay, now all these people are here at World Championship. Can you show up today? And I think if we had more of a playoff system in track, oh, you'd see way better competitions. That's that would be great. Oh, woo! That's a big make. Yeah. Talk about showing up. That's three centimeters below her lifetime best. Right? I know, so, yeah, you know. and and she looked like she had more there. She yeah. looked like she had more there. Now on this jump, watch that bottom hand. You you might see it. I feel like she was a little bit low, and she yeah. had to kind of block yeah. out and then go. You know, but one hundred percent. She almost knocked it off on the way up. Hesitation, like immediately after takeoff, there was almost a weird hesitation, yeah. and then she just muscled through it. And yeah, it's just it that, that really well. I, I just think her. when that bottom hand's a little bit low, you're going to have to hesitate. But man, what a big make for her! Yeah, that's big. Yeah, and that. That was, that's close to her national record, you know? Yeah. Dude, Jen and Sandy both there, still in the competition. Yeah, I mean, this was, I think, it, a real the kind of turning point for, like, U- U.S. pole vaulting on the women's side. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, if you're watching this, you're like, God, USA has two monsters on the runway right now because like you said sandy is arguably one of the best athletes and jen is arguably one of the best athletes of all time in women's pole vault you know that's that's without a doubt you know um so jen and they're both just they're they're also they're big they're big ladies jen's six foot and i think sandy's what five eight five eight that's actually not that big but she's just I think Sandy's just super athletic just like jen yeah well and and think about this like again going back to jen it's like you know Five years later, you know, in 2020, Jen is still jumping and still jumping very high. Yeah. Ah. Uh, what? What? Do you, I think. I mean, that looked, that looked like a blow through, man. Yeah, that's what. That's what I was going to say too. It looked like a blow through, and and this is the thing with pole vault, right? Like you can come in and do something great, and it's just you know, pole could be too small. Yeah, I mean, yeah. she wasn't even able to finish that jump. I, I, these automatic standards, they're literally like, as soon as the jump is over, they're lowering the bar, which that's kind of like driving me a little bit crazy watching it. I'm like, wait, did the bar move before she, she hit it? 
I'd like to. I'm no, obviously they did. I don't think they did, but it's like you know, it's kind of tripping me out. All right, so now we got what second attempt at four eighty fifteen nine here for Silva. Think about this at this point. Kira Kapulu is in the lead right now. She's the only one that cleared it first attempt. Ticks. I know Silva kind of talks to herself a little bit, but I'd like to believe she's just kind of just, just kind of psyching herself. Yeah, up. you're just getting jacked up, much more controlled. Up. Yeah, but she's still she's gripping down on that pull. Like I'm willing to bet that's that's maybe a fourteen seven pull, and she's gripping down. I don't know, dude. I don't know. What do, What do you think it is? I I couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you. Wow. And so quick up the pole. Yeah. There's there's this weird, I think, I don't know if this is a U.S. thing or what, but there's this huge movement about you got to stay down on the pole to take off. Yo, if if you believe that, look at Silva's jump. Yeah, like that. There's no stay down. There's no stay down. There's no time for that. And because of, look at at that push off, man. So so I I, I feel here's the thing that people don't understand. If you think staying down is going to get you another grip or two, that's fine. But is it going to slow down your swing? And so I I feel like we're always playing this game. You know, it's grip versus efficiency. And I think every athlete, every coach-athlete combo have to figure out what's the best combo for your your athlete. You know, it's like – because you're right. You watch that Silva jump. There is no stay down. She's boom. She's gone, right? Yeah. So now she's in second. Oh, how did she miss that? But you could see where she landed. I mean, she barely in the pit. So now, you know, I I would go, I I would say that they probably did go up five pounds from the last jump, but she barely got in the pit. So now what adjustment do you make? You you really, maybe you adjust the standards, but that's it because she's not getting in the pit. I mean, she has plenty of height there. I mean, she wasn't particularly shallow. Like, I'd like to know what the standards are. The standards are. Yeah, but I mean, her legs were not in the pit. Like, she literally had her legs hanging off the pit. It, towards the box. So that's what I'm saying. She did land shallow. That's almost where it's like, I don't know what the pole progression is and how tight the flex numbers are. For people that are listening, 1.0 difference in flex, so 20.0 to 19.0 is five pounds, a true five pounds. But a lot of times at this level, you know, you, you kind of want to have that pole go 0.5, you know, go up two and a half pounds, maybe even tighter, maybe by 0.4, 0.3, you know, because if you're at that meet right now, it's like, oh my god, maybe if you had something in between those two poles, that would be enough to get you a clear, you know? Right. Here's Jen's second attempt. Let's see what she can do. Second attempt, 480. Big, powerful run, and then, I mean, that was a better uh, jump. I mean, what do you, what do you think? I think, I think I, that I, jump I, was lost off the ground. Yeah, I, I just, she didn't hook up with it nicely, but, you know, here's the thing. Talk about consistency. I mean, I literally... Jen's run is frozen into my memory and like she literally looks carbon copy the same every time. So I, you know, and again, I'm sure that's something that her and Rick have worked on so much over the years, but it must make it so much easier for Rick to make adjustments at meets with her because you know, she's going to come out almost the exact same every single time. Right. Here's Fabiana's second attempt. I mean, this is huge. I almost, I always felt like with Fabiana that like this 480 bar should just be automatic for her, you know? Yeah, I mean, she cleared it a bunch of times. I mean, enough times in her career that you would think it would be. Um, but this, I mean, we're on her second attempt, and I forget what was that that last jump. Um, it was good. It just it looked like she could handle another grip. Right. 
So maybe she went up grip on this one. You, th- you think Silva just walks by like that just to like kind of be like, hey, I'm ahead of you? <laughs> <laughs> like, I wonder what some of the mind games are between these people, you know? I don't know. What you don't see is Silva's at the end of the runway, like, tweet, like making some hand gesture at her. Yeah. Or maybe she's catching her step. Who knows? Maybe. Oof. But see, even there, like, she never quite gets her hips above her hands on the cover position. So she's got to kind of flag out a lot on that jump. So, so you think, her, like, her feet her feet went up, but her hips kind of didn't? Yeah, like, if you watch this jump, like, her hips, eh, they just, just barely get to that bottom hand. And that's why she kind of goes to the right a little bit, I feel. And you see how early she lets go with her left hand. You know what I mean? Like, she's not pushing off with both hands at the top. She's letting go early and just all right hand just letting go. So she's not really active middle to end. So for anybody that watched the the 97 World Champs with us, um, you know, where Dean Starkey was so good middle to end and really pushing off the top of the pole, Fabiana can't do that. So she's losing a little bit of, of room at the top. She could really probably have even more efficient jump. Another great not, attempt. Yeah, that's not a bad jump. Yeah, I, I almost feel like another five pounds there. Let's see. Let's see. I mean, that pole yeah, rolls no, so I mean, I easily in the beginning. Through. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and you could see I, the angle she's coming off the pole, right? It's it, you know she's past where the standards are. She had one more attempt. She's on. Go yeah, up five right. pounds, Holly. <laughs> go up five pounds. If I can go into my Back to the Future time machine, you know, I, I, I would go back and tell her five pounds. I got to imagine she's on 15s. I, I am not sure. Again, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if currently she is, but I don't know what she was on back then. Uh, interesting fun fact. I do know with Sandy Morris, she's on 14 sevens. So you're talking about Sandy has jumped five meters on 14.7 poles. And, you know, I mean, looking here, sure, she's gripping near the top. So maybe her grip's 14.4, you know, 14.3. Let's let's go even 14.3. So you're talking about uh, 14.3. So minus five. So you're talking about uh, 13.7. So you're talking about 14.7, 15.7. So she's doing... Hold on. Oh my uh, goodness. Nixon on the way down. Yeah. Um but yeah, so that's that's almost three foot push. That's oh, you're on the five meter jump. Yeah, yeah on yeah. the five meter jump. You know, she's yeah. so I I mean that's huge. Um yeah, so four and three, so three, twelve, that's yeah, so two foot nine inch push, which is ridiculous. On on the women's side, that's that's probably one of the best push offs ever. Yeah. Um and I- I believe uh, Sandy tried to make the transition to 15-foot poles this past year. And I just or last last went, summer, yeah. yeah. Last summer, I don't think it went too well. I think, yeah, I think and she also, I to, think she also went back to an eight-left approach, which she wasn't, you know, just wasn't clicking, which what I thought a great move last summer that she made at World Championships was deciding to go back to seven lefts, go yeah. with what works, and she ends up with a silver, which going yeah, into the great. meet – you could have easily seen Sandy not placing last summer, you know, but going back to the right. tried and true seven left, um, which even listen for all those coaches and athletes out there, you know, sometimes you try a longer approach, not working. There's nothing wrong with going back to what normally works when you go to that big meet, you know, definitely. I would, I still, I want to see Sandy on those 15s at some point. If she can, if she can get consistent from an eight left yeah. and get on those 15s, I think you'll see it. You'll, she'll jump the world record. If she can, if she can get that down, if she can get on the right pole. Yeah. 
from that run, I think I think it's inevitable that she'll jump the world record. In yeah. fact, put a few like maybe I guess Sandy. You could say Sandy's still in her prime. I think oh, she 100%. really locks it down. Yeah. She could jump. She could really could be the first woman to jump seventeen. I really believe I, that. She, I, has, listen, she has the athletic prowess. It, it makes sense. Oh, that was a see, great jump. still a little bit shallow. Like you can see, she's landing right on that crease. Her hips are hitting that crease where the slope starts. So. Hey, man. No yeah. one died. No I harm. know. I understand. I'm not saying she's <laughs> unsafe. I'm just saying that from a coaching perspective, you can't. You know, it's like you. You. What do you do? Yeah. What do you do? Yeah. You know, all you could do is move the standards in. Uh, obviously, also in this situation, maybe you try because she looks like she has good hip height. Maybe you go down two fingers. You know, but that's her third attempt, and she's out. Yeah. That's the, but she looks. She's happy. She's had a national record, fifteen five. So yeah. she's happy. She looks strong. And she had great attempts at four eighty. So. Yeah, I mean, re- good for her. We got here. We got Jen's third and final attempt at fifteen nine. I mean, Which, she is intense, man. She she oh, reminds yeah. me on the women's side, as far as intensity level goes, she most reminds me of Bupka. Like yeah, her no, and Bupka are so intense. Yeah, but here's another. You want to talk about automatic? I feel like this fifteen nine bar should be one hundred percent automatic. But I for, I, for I mean look, you see the KT tape on her knee. I think this is the point in her career where injuries started to plague her a little bit. Okay. Oh man. That's heartbreaking. What a great jump. That that looked uh, awesome. Um go, going back to this point in her career, even the two thousand twelve London Olympics, what people oftentimes forget is she had a hamstring pull or a slight tear Right before Olympic trials, like about a month, month and a half out, they did, they really limited her jumping at trials. Like once she was in, they stopped and she right. was still able to regroup and win the Olympics for the first time. Um, and which is really, you know, her, her only world title. I mean, she has a couple indoor titles, but never an outdoor or Olympics other than that year. Um, Again, a lot of times she's playing second fiddle to Izenbaeva during this time, which, you know, we're talking about the world record holder. But Jen was even injury plagued that year. Um, other thing that people have to remember with those London marks is, you know, you might think about it like, well, you know, her, Silva, and Izenbaeva didn't jump that high, but it was raining when the women's final was going on during the right, right, Olympics, right. you know? All right, got Bradshaw's final attempt, 480 here. Looks like they went up a pole. That's different colors. That's rainbow yeah. colored. So yeah, she definitely right. went up. Let's see. She didn't give it the same takeoff. That was not the same takeoff. She kind of leaned back at takeoff there. You, you know, I, I, I think a lot of times vaulters know. You know what I mean? And you could you could kind of see her there. She's like, damn it. Like, I didn't do it the way I was. Like, I didn't hook up with it at takeoff. I didn't jump up the same. That was the right I mean, move. But I also, I feel like that pole, I can't, it's hard to tell. I can't tell if the standards are way back, but it almost looks like that pole never really made it to vertical. Right, but when you don't hit the takeoff the same. Right, and and I think, like, looking at her, you know, you can tell, you know, she doesn't have that, like, oh, we did the wrong thing look. You know what I mean? She's not, like, flipping out. She's almost like, right. God damn it, I didn't, I didn't hit it right. Like, if I hit that right, that was the pole. And I think a lot of times that's something that – People maybe don't understand watching a public competition. It's like, you're like, well, they almost made it on the last one. What just happened? It's like, well, they made it an adjustment. It was the right adjustment, right. but the vaulter did not hit it the same way. And right. so then you're not going to get it clear. And here's Kira Kapulu. You know, the thoughts that must be going on in her head. She's sitting number one right now. She's yeah. in the lead. Like, man, she, she's she got to be right now being like, please, no one clear this. <laughs> yeah, 
So Gargoyle 45. Because she's got a PR to clear this. Yeah, because yeah, this is two centimeters over her lifetime best right here. What, what about Silver, uh, Silva and Muir going into this competition? What were their bests going in? Let's see. Going into this competition, I wrote all of this down beforehand. I think you mentioned um, Fabiana had jumped 15-11 going into this, so this is a makeable bar for her. Right, so Silva had actually jumped 491, 16 feet and some change a few weeks prior to this. Okay. So okay. she, yeah, um, and this that was the so this is a makeable bar 16. for her. So yeah, Nicoletta is the only one that this would be a PR for. So it's right. like you know she knows right now. It's like she's kind of sitting on the side, like kind of hoping they don't make it. You know, <laughs> and also this this would this will tie uh, Fabiana Mira's PB a forty five, which she didn't. Okay. She jumped four years prior in two thousand eleven. Okay. Um, so I think she has yeah because four four eighty five is that fifteen eleven bar that we're talking right. about right yeah man she has, a, she has a season best four eighty Fabiana Mira and she jumped four eighty three indoors so this is right this will be a season best yeah and it'll tie her lifetime best I just love that Silva gets everybody to do the clap because I think yeah. especially at this level when you're a professional it's like getting the crowd involved jacking the crowd up I mean one it helps you but Dude, it gets everybody anyone, involved and excited for your jump in the back clapping. Oh, that is a big make. Oh, my goodness. Wow. And her coaching staff is super excited. Yeah. Dude, she knows that's big. She knows that's big. Also, I'm pretty sure, like, if if you win, like, a big world title like this in a country like Cuba, that's it. You're treated like royalty for the rest of your life. Well, right. I mean, you know, Cuba obviously has their sports that they love, love but being a world champion... You know, yeah. in Cuba is, is huge. Um, you know, it's kind of like I, I always tell people like Ivana Spanovic. She's uh, one of the top long jumpers in the world right now. She's Serbian and I'm, I'm Serbia is where I was born, actually. Um, you know, she's like a rock star in Serbia. So in some right. of these other countries, it's like you don't have to be an NBA player to, to be the top athlete. It's like being the top in the world at any sport kind of makes you a celebrity. Right. What, what would you do? um what would you what would you change? Not change, but like what adjustment would you make for, for I, Silva for the next one? I, I just I feel like again, she's dropping that tip a little bit early and she's a little bit uh-huh. flat. Like I, I would just tell her to take off better. And if she could do that, then maybe go up a grip. See, I feel like that's a big that's a big cue though. I think that, that's yeah. a big comment, I think, for like a for a meet like this. Like yeah. I think at this stage that that's not something that really can be worked on because it might affect other things. Well, like I mean, I, listen, if she can just keep that tip up a little bit longer, I think the takeoff you don't have to tell her even to jump up. I think that'll happen. But let's see how Fabiana answers that. So that's a big first 10 make. Let's see what Fabiana does. Great run. Great run. Wow. That is huge. That was not Fabiana Mira's best jump of the night. Yeah. She pulled pulled through. Dude, she had a lot of height on that. She had a lot of height on that. Yeah, so that actually puts her into the lead because she has fewer misses uh, because uh, Silva had two misses at that, well, I think, 470 bar. Yeah. yeah she, had a lot of, she had a lot of height. The standards up so Wait, so who's in the lead right now, you said? Mira's now in the lead. That jump put her into the lead. That puts her in the lead? Wow. That puts her in the lead on misses. Wow. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. And that's a big jump. Like, you know. That's it. That, that's, a, that's, that's an area record. So I guess that's all South America. Yeah. Nicoletta's got to pull something out of the bag right now. Yeah. 
But you could tell, like, where her demeanor was, like, very hopeful that she would win this, now she's trying to get back into that zone, you know? And that's something, even watching that 97 World Championship, that was something Bupka was good at. Like, no matter what he cleared, you didn't see him, like, oh, like, super pumped up. He was kind of, like, getting ready for the next bar constantly. And I think that's really tough. If you think you just won, you know what I mean, and now you kind of lower your, your, your intensity, it's hard to bring it back up. Mm, yeah, I, I, I didn't hate that takeoff. It just looked like there was something. Maybe she went up a pole. She almost looked like she leaned back or something. But yeah, yeah that just wasn't the same. That just didn't didn't keep moving. Look at her shoulders, man. Jacked. She also got jacked up yeah. at that takeoff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and and listen, at this point in the competition, I, it doesn't matter whether you're Nicoletta, Silva, or, or Fabiana. You know, you're on one of your bigger poles. You, your your grip is pretty high there, and that's why I'm saying, if if you clear a bar now, you feel like, oh, that's it. I'm good. Like I won. That just you know losing that little adrenaline, losing that little bit intensity. That's that that could be the difference between being able to roll that pole over again. You know. All right, so now, so so, Kira Capullo is passing, and the bar's going to 490. Now, at oh, okay. this time, I'm fairly certain only three women had ever jumped 16. So you had Silva, Sure, and Isenbaeva, right? Well, and also, um, you're forgetting. Uh, the, Ivanova? Uh, yes, Svetlana Feofanova. Svetlana okay. Feofanova. So Svetlana Feofanova is like the often forgotten woman of pole vault because you have Stacey Dragila as the 2000 Olympic champ. And then the next Olympics, uh, Svetlana was the first 16-foot woman and she was the world record holder going into the 2004 Olympics. But that's the wild competition where Izambayeva is behind on misses and, and, and starts passing but then takes over the lead and then breaks the world record at the 2004 Olympics, which starts Isambayeva's, you know, dynasty of wins after that. And um, everyone forgets, Feofanova was the first 16-foot woman. She was also a world champion. Um, but because, you know, not winning the Olympics, people forget about her. Also, Svetlana is only five foot three, so not, you know, one of these giant women um, – that we've come accustomed to seeing like Jen Schur, like a Sandy, yeah. like an Alicia Newman, you know, uh, yeah. you know, five foot well, three, that, she was dynamic. In that spirit, in that spirit, Yarsi Silva is also only five three. Right. Right. And, so. and, and listen, I think though, Silva has a much, much, much smoother jump than Faye Fanova ever did. I, I always loved Faye Fanova's takeoff and I've actually not too dissimilar from both, um, I would say Fabiana. similar from Fabiana Mira. Yeah. Um, for sure. They do some, they do some very similar things. And I, I always like to jump. I, you know me, I always like watching the shore jumpers cause it made me feel better about myself. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Well, so, it's, so it's women, funny because I was cleared 16 at this time. Yeah. By this I, time. yeah so it's funny cause it, uh, you saying like admiring the shorter jumpers. Uh, I was listening to Stephen A. Smith and Max Kellerman talk about NBA players. And one of the things they brought up was like, the, the thing that makes Stephen Curry so popular, the Golden State Warriors three-point uh, assassin, uh, so popular is that unlike a LeBron James who's just a monster, you know what I mean? Like he's, he's 6'8", 240, 250, whatever he is, super athletic. It seems like unattainable where, again, Stephen Curry is unattainable. You, you're not going to be as good as Stephen Curry, right? But it's like – you, it makes you think, oh, he's not so tall. He's not so huge. You know, it's 
anybody can play like that. I think the same thing in the Pobolt community, people like Renola Villainy or Svetlana Feyfanova, they give the average Pobolter hope that I too can jump high, you know? Um, although listen, those people are super talented also. They have talent just because they're not tall. doesn't mean they're not talented. Yeah. A lot of people, so I'm obviously sure. And a lot of people brought up to me, um, uh, Greg Duplantis, Armando Duplantis' father, and he was short. He was he was five six. He was jumping on sixteen two hundred pound poles at nineteen right. feet. But that man was hitting takeoff at ten meters per second. I think he's one of the only pole vaulters ever to have a recorded make at ten meters per second. Yeah, well, I mean, oh, yeah, the guy's blazing so fast. I so quick. I remember hearing a a story from someone that Jan Johnson, who would coach Greg Duplantis at some meets. Would, would uh, joke that he was so fast I couldn't catch his mid mark. <laughs> I believe that. I believe that because he had those. He had short strides too because he was so little. He was like five six, yeah. five six and a half. So, so go, going back to this meet though, it's like now what a situation. Fabiana's in the lead. You know, Silva in second, right? Also cleared <laughs> four eighty five, and now we have Nicoletta passed to four ninety. Um, yeah. This is just you know just a huge bar. This is. These jumps right now are I, just, I can't imagine the pressure that they're all feeling. Yeah. I mean cuz Silva knows she's got to make this. She can't if she misses this, she's not going to win. Right. Yeah, she's sitting in second right now. Yeah. Again, we got that clap going for Silva, getting the crowd jacked up. Yeah, now I now I actually see people in the crowd clapping back. <laughs> Huge Beautiful, run. Powerful. Oh, she's got, I mean, it's there, right? Yeah. But it's like, again, I feel like she, she could go up a grip. Like I just, I just feel like oh, she can take more. Definitely. Grip. Definitely could go. Up a, I mean, on her last make, that was the adjustment I would have, I would have wanted her to make, which, you know, up a grip, maybe keep the but pole. It's amazing to just see her at the top of her jump. She is always just full extension, full extension. off the, the grip, you know, yeah. she's not leaving anything on the table. I mean, that's a great jump, but yeah, she, yeah. I, I, even that, the pull, they don't have pull speed, I go grip, I don't know about a pull just yet. No, I yeah, I, I agree, I think just grip, she just needs and grip. And this is, we could speculate all day, but this is something that really only her coach knows how she reacts to up a grip, up a pull. Some, yeah. some athletes, you know, they react differently. You set them up a grip, all of a sudden they freak out like they're on, standing on the edge of the Empire State Building or something like that, yeah. you know? All right, so Fabiana. Mira's up. She's in the lead, but oh no, or's Kukur- no, Fabiana's up. Fabiana's up. Fabiana's up. She can't get complacent. She's in the lead, but she can't get complacent here. Yeah, I mean, listen, I think this would be a huge PR for her. She would love to become a 16 foot vaulter, you know what I mean, and go down on that list, join that 16 yeah. foot club. And you know, I think she knows if she clears this, this kind of seals the deal. She'll she'll win the title. Yeah, and to be a two time world champion would be a big deal. Love the run again. I love the pull, the, the plant, the pole drop is oh, great. I just feel I like she leaned back. Her coach looks. Her coach looks just as uh, uh, you know confused as, as we sound. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I, mean, I don't know. Do it better. <laughs> not for nothing. It almost the way the pole reacted almost looked like the pole hit the pit and then went up. Maybe, maybe yeah, I, I just you know I, I, mean? I feel like she just didn't swing up on that like she did in the previous jump. And now here's the thing: that's a big miss because now Silva doesn't have to pass. 
Now right. Silva can take another jump at this, which is doable for her. Whereas yeah. had Fabiana cleared this, that forces Silva to pass. Yeah. And here's Nicoletta who, okay, this, first of all, would be huge PR for her. Yeah. yeah. This, this would be unbelievable if she could do this. And, and, you know, maybe some people that are listening are like, what are you guys talking about? She already jumped 15-9. This is only 16-1. It's not that big, big of a deal. But when we're talking about marks like this that are like all-time best jumps by, by females, you're not going to see people PR by a foot. You know what I mean? It's like even a few inches is a big deal. Second, well, first attempt at this bar, second attempt overall. She's just slow going up through the swing. Yeah, she's not as quick up as she was. Well, this whole meet, I feel like she kind of does this weird thing where she almost kind of hesitates after she leaves the ground. Mm -hmm. Like right there, and then she kind of muscles through. You can see that, I guess that right leg kind of trails outward. Yeah. And she pulls it back in. I'll tell Um, you what, though. You you watch that jump. It's like, all right, I mean, she could get the height for that. But she's got to, but it's almost like she's got to fix too much in that jump to make that happen. Right. You know? Yeah. I, I can't. I can't imagine coaching right now. If you're any one of these uh, women's coach, and and the nerves you must feel as a coach making decisions because you know it's make or break right now. Yeah, that's why I end every time I give advice. I always end now with, "But what do I know? Just <laughs> so I don't ruin their life." Yeah. Well, I don't. I don't think you're ruining their life. It's just. <laughs> Bronco, you didn't grip me up at that one meet. I know I did. You ruined my life. You're you're in therapy till this day. <laughs> that same guy behind Silva's coach just keeps yeah. throwing up his hands every time the camera's right. on him. Alright, second attempt for Silva. Yeah, you could tell she's trying to jack herself up. She's trying to dig deep. Uh-huh. I don't know. Does it look like it looks like maybe her grip went up a little bit? Um, maybe, maybe two fingers to a yeah. grip at most. All right, here we go. Oh, uh-huh. well, you, you think she just leaned back a little bit too much? She had finished yeah, takeoff. Maybe, maybe because I, I was going to even say I kind of liked her pull drop a little bit better that time, but yeah, it's just. I think she just leaned back, yeah. Yeah. She just leaned back. And you know what? Maybe she felt that she wasn't going to be able to clear the bar. Maybe she felt it was going to be a blow through. Who knows? Uh, again, this is something where if we had someone on the field, it would be amazing. Imagine getting like that athlete's perspective right then and there, you know, or the That's coaches. Tough, so how, how do you feel about that at these big bars? Like, I feel like if I, if I was one of these athletes. So, so I'm going to give you this. In the NBA, they literally ask the athletes and coaches, even during the NBA finals, Hey, you know, out of that timeout, what are you trying to get your athletes to do or blah, blah, blah. And we're talking about the NBA finals. Right, 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 right. Well, I think asking the coach, that's the thing I was going to say. The coaches, I think, I think a little bit easier. Yeah, hard, yeah, yeah. But I'll tell you what, NASCAR drivers, they used to not want cameras on their cars because they thought it would affect the downforce. But it's like, yeah, well, we're trying to make this sport more popular, so we're going to affect the downforce. All right, here we go. Second attempt for Mira. She can still jump in back into the lead. Or, sorry, she can maintain her lead here. I thought that was a, that's a smooth jump, man. It's I a decent was, attempt, yeah. 
That's a good look was, at it. I thought it. that was better than the last junk. I, I still feel like her coach doesn't know what to tell her other than <sighs> just try a little bit more. <laughs> like, try harder. Like, little, he little looks more. just so confused watching this. I'd, uh, I'd, say, I'd say up two fingers. I, I just feel like that, that pole was not moving well through the middle of the jump, and she just really? kind of came off early. Yeah. She didn't look know, like I she... Thought, I thought she had too much I thought she had too much pole speed. I thought that was either... I would either go up a pole or up two fingers grip. Uh, I, I don't know about that. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I would, don't know, man. I would disagree. I would disagree. Uh, we'll have to, we'll have to and watch now, that after keep the, in mind, Nicoletta Kirapulu has a miss at 485, so this is her third and final attempt. She only gets two attempts at this 490 bar, so she's got to make it here or she's done. So a lot of pressure on her right now. Looks like she was taking in some last last second advice from her coach. Got a nice scowl. Yeah. Uh, here we go. Big run. She looked like she came out harder that time. Oh, she got hit, but I tell you what, she looked like she was ready for that bar. Like I know it, it almost looked like a blow through, but yeah, yeah. I just you know it looked like there's some kind of carry plant issue there that she keeps getting jammed like that. You yeah. know, but I definitely thought she was running a little harder on that one. Yeah, I mean, that, that looked like a good jump. That looked like her best jump of the night. Yeah, maybe, I, I wish they'd show uh, maybe the maybe show side profile. A little, little late, maybe with the plan. Yeah, but that was a blow through. That was a blow through. Look how deep she landed. Yeah, yeah. The only thing that's tough with her is like that kind of hit at takeoff. Yeah, go up five pounds, maybe. Yeah, maybe even go up a little bit of grip. But it's like if she gets hit harder, then the next five up, pounds yeah. is going to look like she went up twenty pounds. Yeah, she's going to get stood up. If she does that. Yeah. But that's her last and final attempt. So now she's the bronze medalist from this world championship. Which yeah, listen, that's still that's still an amazing day for her. You know, with think about some of the people she beat out for a medal today. I mean, she's ahead of Jen. She's ahead of the young Sandy Morris. She's ahead of Holly Holly uh, Bradshaw, Bradshaw. You know, so I, I mean, this is still a great great day for Nicoletta Kirkapulu. Definitely. I mean, she's only three centimeters off her lifetime best. She and, and national record, um, and she went out at a PR. She would have been the fifth woman ever to jump sixteen, right? So yeah. it's a that's a good day. Yeah. Here we go. Here we go. Silva going attempt. for this last Silva. attempt. Think about this. I mean, is there no better moment than this at, at, at something like a world championship? You have two women left. They're both in their last attempt, and Silva right now she makes it. She takes over the lead. Yeah. This is that bottom of the ninth scenario every kid dreams about. And what? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. What a huge jump. And and looking at her first two attempts, I, I didn't know that it was there. That was I amazing. I, I, I think she, I, I'd like to know what adjustments she made, if any. <sighs> um, because I think, I think she definitely probably went up two fingers grip. Wow. But that's... Come on, that is... And now, how in the... Fabiana's heart must have just sank. 
You well, know? here's the thing, actually. So if she, if Fabiana can clear this on her third and final attempt, she will go back into the lead. Offices. Right. Yeah. So she does. So she does not have to pass. There's no yeah. need for passing right now. She just needs to make this bar. But that is such a huge make for Silva. And I mean, you yeah. could see it. Talk about full extension. I mean, there was not another inch left on that make. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, listen. The bar goes up. Maybe. Maybe some adrenaline, you could do something. But I'm just saying, off of right. that jump, like that's it. Yeah. You squeezed it out on that one. No, I agree with you. That was a huge jump. And you know, looking at this Silva's card, not a clean day for her. She had a lot of misses. She made adjustments. She figured something out, and now she takes over the lead. And here's Fabiana's last attempt at this. Again, like we said, she yeah. takes over the lead again if she can make it. But this is a big jump. This would be a PR for her. Yeah, that was Silva's eleventh jump of the competition. Oh boy. Here we go. She had a good second attempt. Uh, uh, it's not there. Not there. Oh my goodness. You could I tell her coach heartbroken. Yeah. Heartbroken. I don't know why I say heartbroken. I mean, she still got second in world champ. I know, but, you know, Fabiana's one of those that, like, listen, she's got a world title already. You know, she's been one of the top jumpers for years. She's not looking to just get a medal. She is trying to solidify her place as an all-time best female vaulter. Right. Right, and, right, right. you know, when you think about, like, last summer I made that top five list, you know, she's not on it. She's not one of the top five female vaulters, you know? So, you know, she, at this meet and even the next couple of years, even going into that Rio Olympics, you know, she was trying to do something to solidify being one of the best all-time vaulters. I mean, right now, it's like, you know, obviously it's so easy. You think about it, it's like Izenbaeva, Jen Schur, uh, Yelena, um, I already said Izenbaeva, Izenbaeva, Jen Schur, <laughs> Stacey Dragila. You know, th- these are some of the, the iconic figures in women's pole vault. You know, and she wanted to become that, and you know, she missed out on an opportunity. And now yeah, Silva, so she's like, "What do you want me to put it at?" It's it, it's business as usual. First, she's not celebrating at all. She's like, "All right, what are we doing for the next bar?" Yeah, be, because I, I I think again, I think Silva, you know, already you know, silver medalist at the Olympics. You know, she got silver against Izenbaeva in Moscow. Now she wins. You know, she also is thinking about legacy. I, I think that a lot of these vaulters, when they're at the top of the game, they're thinking about legacy and what can I do to solidify my legacy as one of the best all-time vaulters. Right. No, I mean, that's a good thought. So the bar is now going up to 501. Wow. That's that's huge. That's, that's a big jump, too. Yeah. Yeah. 501 is, is that 165? Six, I, I don't know if it's six, 16, 4 and 3 quarters or 16, 5 even. I think yeah. it's 16, 5 even. All right. While they're measuring this, Joe, you keep going. I'm going to, uh, I got to use the bathroom. I've been holding them for a while. Um, you too? All right. Yeah. Well, you, you talk. Keep everybody. Uh, yeah, they love me. All right, everyone. So, Phil is ready to go. Ready to go to 501. She's uh Grabbing a new pole out of the bags. Clearly, I'd imagine it's a bigger pole. Next pole up. I don't know if she'll go grip or not. But this was a good day. This was the second time in this season that Silva jumped 490, 16 feet or higher. So this is a great day for her. And I'm happy for her. But she is all business as usual. She's not celebrating. 
she's just saying, what do I got to do for this next bar? And for her right now, that is go up a pole. It's a great competition. I still see, you see, uh, Tommy Animera, Kira Capullo, they're happy. I think Kira Capullo, especially as we discussed, she very close to her national record. So she's, she's ecstatic. This is her highest world championship finish, I believe, uh, up to this point. And then Mira, of course, she's still happy. Tied her lifetime best. Here we go. Silva's getting in the zone, doing a couple pole drops. She looks like she's holding the top of that pole to get ready. I don't know if the elites do this, but one of my favorite things to do is I used to pick up a pole that was like a foot longer than mine, bigger, like a like a 16-200. I never jumped on that big a pole, but I would do some pole drops, do some drills with it, so that when I picked up my little itty-bitty baby pole, it felt like it was going to squash in the box. Yeah, I, and, and listen, I think I think it's uh, there's some merits to what you're talking about there because I think even you know just using a heavier pole for pole runs and pole drops, uh, you have to actually feel the weight of the pole, and it makes you better at your carry. Where sometimes when you're using too light of a pole, you can kind of manhandle it, and it doesn't yeah. teach you to have a really efficient pole carry and pole drop. Um, just thinking back, um, you know, in '97, uh, the World Championships that we covered in the last podcast, um, you know, Bupka tried for one more bar. He ran down, stopped, and just called it a day. Um, you always wonder after winning, you know, do you have enough adrenaline to really continue to jump and clear the next bar? So I'm interested to see how Silva looks at at this next bar after now she's officially won. You know. Right, well, we were, we were, you discussed earlier, you mentioned earlier that some athletes, they celebrate after a bar, and then maybe they have that adrenaline spike, and they can't get up to, to that, that height again if they need to clear the next bar. Right. And I feel like Silva did a great job of not celebrating, of not getting excited, so I feel like she... Well, I mean, really- when she cleared 16, she was excited. She lost the headband, she was running around. I think she looked intense after, like that moment asking the coach what to put the bar at, but... We'll, we'll see. Let's let's see what she could bring down the runway right now. We'll see. So I don't know if you heard. She's gone up a pole. Um, we'll, we'll hopefully be able to see if she's maybe gone up a little bit of grip. Okay. Um, it looks like she's holding higher. It looks like she's chalked up a higher yeah. spot on that pole. Yeah. So it's just a matter of what she's capable. Uh, maybe a little bit, a little bit of grip. Yeah. But I'm very, I'm excited. I'm excited to see what yeah. she can do with it. But you're right, low low carry. Yeah. She doesn't start with the tip all the way up. And that's a good attempt. Yeah, man, that looks good. And yeah, the low carry. You can see her wrist ends up her like her left arm. Her left wrist ends up below the elbow. So that left forearm is really supporting the weight of the pole. You know, you don't yeah. really want to feel that weight on on your left forearm. Um, something to keep in mind too with Silva being a Cuban vaulter is. Good job, man. It's very difficult. The Cubans do not have a wide array of poles. Because of embargo over the years and, and such, it's just very difficult for the Cubans to even acquire poles. So I, I think one of the things that in recent years has actually been detrimental for Silva is that she doesn't have the range of poles to make huge, huge adjustments. You know, So if she's not on, she doesn't maybe have that down a pole. And I think also if she's looking great, she doesn't maybe have a five-pound or two-and-a-half-pound increment to go up to. You know what I mean? And so I think that's something that Silva has maybe even struggled with the last few years because of lack of poles. Right. Well, you remember the story of uh, the other Cuban, Walter Lazaro Borges, at the yeah. 2011 World Championship. That guy had a 
borrow poles in the final at the world championship, yeah. pick up those poles and jump a national Cuban record of five meters, 90, 19, wow. That is one of my favorite things to ever happen yeah. in the pole vault. Maybe we're going to cover that one next. Who knows? Maybe yeah. I'd be down. Yeah. I, I wonder also in this situation, I know myself as a coach, if I have someone going full approach at a meet, I try to give them at least two and a half to three minute rest between jumps. I wonder if these guys are timing her rest or they're just allowing her to go off of base, go, go, uh, based off of feel. That's a good question. I mean, I know like at apex, it's a little bit more scientific, I think than some other places. Um, and I know even sometimes you have to catch, you catch yourself, uh, telling your athletes, Hey, you know, you, you just went uh, you know, 60 seconds ago, give yourself another 30 seconds to breathe. Right. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I imagine a lot of these athletes at this level, I would like to believe they go by feel and they know what, you know, what two minutes, three minutes recovery feels like, but you never yeah. know. It's hard to tell, especially in these like world championship situations. Right. Well, and, and I just feel like, you know, certain athletes or any of us can be, you know, guilty of this. It's like, if you're trying to go off a of feel, sometimes you feel fine and then it's not, you know what I mean? Right. And so I think sometimes going off of something and listen, I think it could be variable. I think as a coach, there's nothing wrong with you timing the rest and looking and letting them go when they want. But if, if you see it's too dramatic, like, okay, you want two and a half, like I said, two and a half to three minute rest. If I see someone's about to go after a minute and 30 seconds, I'm like, Oh, you need another minute. And right. on the other hand, it's like if we're past three minutes, like, yo, you got to go. Like, let's go. No more. You know? So, uh, yeah. You know, I, I definitely I definitely think it depends on the athlete uh, for sure. But also, it's, you got to remember, like, after about, what, three minutes, your heart rate starts to drop. You're yeah. And therefore, your muscles start to slow down. Right. You know? Well, and, and that's why... I, that's why when I have athletes that are in competition and they're they're still competitors, if it goes more than three minutes, I try to let them know, hey, you got to warm up a little bit. Let's do some skips, get warmed right. up, and ready for the next attempt. There you go. So, I mean, you get five minutes. I see the clock going down. So she's had almost two minutes rest, but now it's stopped at 3.07. So I don't know. Maybe that's not her clock. No, I think that's her clock. I think they're all getting ready for a national anthem. Oh, man. This is a... This is a killer for track and field. This is what I don't understand about track and field. You are stopping other events for this medal ceremony. And to me, it's just like it kills a lot of the other events. And it's like, you know what? Why couldn't they have waited for this medal ceremony till after the pole vault was done? You know what I mean? Like, because this now kills her. She's going to be standing here for a good, like, two, three more extra minutes. And she's going to have to warm up. If she doesn't warm up, she's going to have a terrible second attempt at this. I mean, I just... I am floored by this. Track and field is also the only event, like, I, I don't know your experience, Joe, but it's like, I've been to big meets where it's like, they'll do the national anthem in the middle of the meet. They don't do that at baseball games. They don't wait till it's like, okay, three balls, two strikes, bases loaded, two outs, national anthem time. Like, yeah, they, they're not, they're not going to do that. Well, you want to know why I think part of that is, because I, I see that, you say a lot of like high school meets and stuff. Yeah. But I think a lot of that has to do with like, the pole vault and a lot of the field events, they a lot of times start before the meet officially starts, right? Well, no, they, they start in the beginning of the meet and they, they instead, they do the national anthem before one of the quote unquote bigger events. Well, right. you know well, what? what? Oh, I well, to, you what should I mean to say is those, I feel like the pole, like the field events usually kick off before the first say 400 you know, 400 goes off or well, something like that. Yeah. And they like to do the national anthem right before that event. I know, but to, to me, that's kind of silly. You should just do it before the meet starts. 
You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I because agree. what no, what you're basically saying as a track uh, meet is that you don't care about everything that happened before. Right. It's not right. important. No, I, I, I feel that. I agree. So I didn't see any extra warm-up, but also she didn't seem to be staying out for too long. So maybe this yeah. was about three minutes recovery. So yeah. I feel like she's going to be okay here. Man, that low carry. I know. That's all I see now. Mm-hmm. Ooh, another good attempt. This is amazing. I, I think going back to what I was saying before about the pole situation in Cuba is difficult. The other thing that you have to remember with Cuba is like, even though she might be kind of like a national hero in Cuba because she's a world champion. The other thing though, is like, you know, again, it's, it's a country where the economy, the living situation is very difficult. And sometimes as an athlete, it's difficult to train during tough times. Um, I, I can't imagine. I wonder what it would have been like for Silva, you know, had she been somewhere else, you know what I mean? Like, had she been in Fabiana Muir's position? Because Fabiana, I think, being a Brazilian athlete, she's probably treated like gold, you know what I mean? And she has access to whatever she needs, training-wise, equipment-wise, you know? And I wonder what what could have been for Silva, because I, I think people forget how difficult it is being a, a Cuban athlete. Right. I, tr- I try to never play those what-if games, um, but I, I understand your point. Um, yeah. Who knows? I mean, we're commentating on a, on a meet. We're all we're doing is playing what ifs right now. What if they I went up a grip? What if they went up a ball? <laughs> well, I say if if Yarcy Silva was born in America, she I don't know, she wouldn't have pulled bulls. I don't. Well, know if that's maybe, true, but yeah, I mean, no, I I totally understand <laughs> that. I I'm just saying her being a pole vaulter, if she had access to better stuff, right. you know, better equipment, better training, you know, what 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 could she do well, with that? Well, here here's something though, and this this is maybe more about you know, Silva's preparation for, for pole vault, but it's, you know, they, they clearly, you know, before going up to the pole she's on now, they have bigger poles. I don't know if they have any more bigger pole and any, anything yeah, bigger yeah, than this, poles. but I don't know. I've always seen Silva kind of on smaller poles, gripping down on them. Now, granted, maybe, maybe she's gripping down on, you know, a 14, seven pole because she doesn't have that 14. Or maybe pole, she's gripping know? down on a 15 foot pole. Who knows? But yeah, yeah, you're right. Like maybe they don't have a 14, seven line, a 15 line, a 14 foot line. Like, like that's what I'm saying. It's like, ha- if she had series of poles, right. you know, that's, that's a different story for her, you know? Yeah. Do you ever wonder if maybe like, like we were talking about Sandy Morris earlier, she was trying to transition to 15 foot poles do you ever think that maybe that transition was hindered by her succession of poles? Like maybe she was I, trying to go from a fourteen seven sixty five or something to like a fifteen sixty. Yeah, kind of- so I, I think sometimes what I, again I can't speak for anybody specifically, but I've heard of situations where people like like you're saying they have a fourteen seven sixty five, and then what they do is they get a fifteen sixty, so that would be five pounds up. But what they're not doing is they're not getting any overlap. And I think a lot of times when you're trying to go to a longer series of poles, especially for someone who's like pretty tweaked out, you know, they're hitting you know very high marks for them personally. You want overlap, so you'd want like. If the 14.7 is a 65, you might want like a 15, 45, 50, 55, 60, 65, right? So now you can yeah. start on a very small 15 and get comfortable just being on that 15 line. So I, I don't know. I mean, that, that would be something that, you know, if I could maybe even get Sandy on the podcast again, we could talk about that um, or any athlete in particular who maybe they can discuss how they went through their different series of polls and, you know, what was their strategy, you know? Yeah. 
I'll, I'll, um, I'll ask Sandy. I'll ask if she'll do it a personal favor to me. Get on the podcast yeah. again. Yeah. I, I don't know about that, Joe, but, but, but no, but I, I mean, I think a lot of times it comes down to finance. So here's your third and yeah. final attempt. I feel like there, she didn't rest a lot, but mm, uh, not as good attempt, but wow. What an amazing meet for Silva. And I think for everybody that watches this and listens along, this is one of the meets that really like, you know, you talk about silver in 2012, silver in 2013, and now a gold, you know, in 2015, uh, during this time period, she is one of the best female vaulters in the world. I mean, after this meet, I mean, I, I thought she was one of the clear favorites for the next Olympics. Uh, you know, really, I was expecting big things from her because I thought she just had one of the smoothest jumps on the circuit. And, you know, there's potential for, for maybe a world record. Now, I don't know because she's gone through some rough years. Um, you know, I mean, I, actually, this year she was starting to look better. Right. What was her best mark this year? So this year, her actually best mark is four seventy five. Okay. Actually on the lower side for so so just to go to keep everyone in order, she jumped four ninety one this year, four ninety at this competition, and tw- next year she jumped forty four, two thousand seventeen forty one, two thousand eighteen four eighty, and then last this year she jumped four seventy five. Now, obviously, the season was sort of cut short. Yeah, I I just felt like she was jumping well early on. That's all. Right. Um, so she jumped four, she jumped 474 this indoor, that was cut short, and then she jumped 475 last outdoor. So, see, I mean, it's still there. I still think she can jump very well. I still think she could be a contender. Uh, it's just a matter of, like you said, what the training situation, what's the training situation that she's under? Right. And then Fabiana, after this, is like, she was one of the favorites for the Rio Olympics as well. And then I, I don't even think she made it to finals, right? Oh. I don't think she did. Yeah, and so it was like it was kind of heartbreaking. Uh, and then obviously Tiago comes out of nowhere and wins for Brazil. But it's like, oh my god, could you imagine if Fabiana and Tiago won? That would have been yeah, and uh, what a sweep, yeah. you know. Um, yeah. And and really after this meet, you know, Katarina Stefaniti kind of takes over and, and starts winning everything. She's just super consistent, um, really dialed in. Um, obviously last summer we had Sidorova win and really emerge as one of the best, which again, watching this competition, you would never have guessed that Sidorova would be one of the best pole vaulters in the world right now. Right. I think like we discussed earlier, I think she did a lot of growing physically, emotionally. And then I also think she made some minor tweaks to her jump. Yeah. It just, it just made a, a great pole vaulter, a, a very consistent pole vaulter. Yeah. Like, well, what- I still like, I still believe like in a, in a, you know, a no-holds-barred match. I still think Sandy can jump higher than Sidorova, but the problem is I think Sidorova maybe has a little bit stronger of a head on her shoulders and therefore can just compete oh, in higher-pressure situations. I, I just think she's just got such a clean jump. I, I just, yeah. you know, I, again, I think this is why I always talk about martial arts and that whole, like, black belt system. I just think it's such a skilled event like pole vault. You have so much you have to master. Like, look, Silva just jumped 16 in this meet and we were just the whole meet talking about how she's got a low pole carry. She puts too much weight on her bottom arm as she's running down the runway. I mean, that's that's a big aspect of the jump, and it's something that she's deficient in. You know what I mean? So right. all these vaulters, they have their strengths and weaknesses and things they need to work on and things that they're very good at. And I think learning how to master all those elements and put it together on that day is huge. Um, and, and again, I think that's, that's what makes pole vaulting so much fun because there's, there's some new puzzle piece you could be working on. Like, let's say you're Silva back in 2015, you know, you might think, Hey, 
I got to work on this pole carry. I can be bringing more runway speed down there if I fix this pole carry. So there's always a new puzzle piece to work on. And I think that's what makes this so, so interesting. Um, Look, I think this is an amazing pole vault companion. Again, I had a blast doing it. It was so much fun watching this. Um, I hope everybody that you know watches along with us enjoys this as well. Joe, do you have any closing words for anybody? No, man, this was a blast. I look forward to doing more, especially while we're under quarantine. I know we got at least the next month of April. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah. We'll definitely do more of these. And you know what? I'm even going to make a post and see if anybody out there has a uh, – you know, request, maybe somebody, you know, is really looking for us to cover a certain thing. Just a couple thoughts on that though. Um, lots of world championships are on YouTube and there's some great video that we can watch. Um, there's not a lot of options for Olympics. Like I, I really, you know what I would have loved to do, uh, after we did 97 was to do the 2004 women's final of the Olympics. Cause that was amazing to see uh, isn't by pass and then take over the lead and then break the world record. Uh, but again, there's no, there's no quality uh, YouTube footage of that. Um, yeah, too much copyright. Yeah, yeah. So they, I mean, they have like maybe like three minute videos of like the winning jump, but the, not the whole final. Um, right. So you know, maybe somebody's got some some ideas out there of what we should do next. But if not, me and Joe will figure it out. And yeah. um, you know, again, thank you everybody for listening along and and watching on YouTube. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, we definitely did. And just remember, guys, um, if you enjoy the podcast, please subscribe to us. Uh, you can listen on iTunes or SoundCloud. Um, also, you can find us on Instagram at The Real Apex Vaulting. Also, Facebook, Snapchat, Twitter, TikTok, we're Apex Vaulting. Uh, please follow us. And if you have any comments or questions, please email us at apexvaulting at gmail.com. Everybody stay healthy, stay safe.